We're gonna do kind of like a year in review, kind of a high flyover of this year, but not just for memorabilia's sake. Uh, anybody here, you're like a trinket collector? Anybody know what trinkets are? Uh, you know, you collect, anybody, you know, you collect things from the year. Okay. So I'll just talk about myself. I'm someone, I collect things from everywhere. If I go camping, I get a rock. If I go on a trip, I get like a patch or a sticker. I mean, I have things from everything. Um, and I mean, if it was up to me, you know, like the walls of sanctuary would just be filled with memorabilia, but lucky for you, it's not up to me. Uh, and so, but we're not gonna just look at that. We wanna look at what is it that God has been doing? What is it he's been saying? But not just so we could say, well, that's really neat. This is what he said. And then we can be like, okay, now let's press reset and let's, let's start over and do another year. But we want to see what is it that God has spoken to us and, and what is it that he's put into us that he wants us to move forward with? And what are the things that he's having us leave behind? So we're gonna be focusing this whole last year for 2023, kind of our theme, overarching theme for the whole year has been that his kingdom would come and his will would be done. Now that does not mean that as we go into tomorrow, we no longer care about his kingdom and we no longer care about his will. It just means that that was kind of a special focus and we're gonna carry that with us as we go into this next year. So I wanna start by reading, if you'll go to Mark chapter 12, verse 28, I'm gonna read through the, from the New Living Translation, uh, Mark chapter 12, verse 28. Here in verse 28, it starts out, one of the teachers of religious law was standing there listening to the debate. So there had been a, a debate going on. There was a lot of these with Jesus and, and the leaders, the religious leaders of that time where they wanted to, to prove him wrong. They wanted to prove that he thought he was something that he wasn't. They wanted to catch him saying something that would be blasphemy to where then they could uh, basically convict him and so that they could try to get rid of him. So they would ask him questions. Really, they weren't trying to have a good, healthy conversation. They were trying to, to bait him into something. Anybody, any of you here, you've ever felt like you were talking to someone and they weren't actually trying to have a conversation with you? They were trying to get you to mess up? So that's what's kind of taking place here. And so it says one of the teachers of religious law was standing there listening to that debate he realized that Jesus had answered well, so he asked, and he's thinking, okay, I got one here. He asked, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. So he's trying to trap Jesus in this moment. 
Jesus comes out and he's saying, what is the one? It's kind of interesting because Jesus answers with two, but is combining them. They aren't really two different ones because it's actually impossible to love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength and not love each other. You can't do it. Because in truly loving him, when we truly surrender ourselves to God, and we give him our mind, we give him our heart, we give him our soul, and we give him our strength, love is what comes out of us to one another. It's just a natural thing, it takes place. So this was, he's saying this is the greatest thing. Now, he's quoting the first part of it, of loving God, is out of Deuteronomy chapter six, verse four and five. And then even the loving one another, and caring for one another is out of Leviticus 19, chapter 19, verse 18. So he's bringing these together. This is something that has been part of their tradition, part of their scripture for years, and he's weaving these things together. The, these leaders of religious law, they knew both those verses. They knew that portion of scripture, and he weaves it together into this beautiful thing. And I feel like that verse more than any, really says what it is we're after. Because what we're after is for his kingdom to come and we're after his will to be done. But for us to see his kingdom to come and his will to be done, we have to love him with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul, and with all of our strength. We give it all to him. So a couple questions we're gonna look at as we go through this and for you to think through is what has God showed you that he is inviting you into this next year? Is showed proper grammar or should that be shown? Raise your hand if you believe I should have put shown there. Raise your hand if you feel sorry for me and you think showed works just fine. A couple of you, okay. <clears throat> so you can read it however you need to so that your mind is at peace, okay? But I think we all get the idea. Okay, what has God showed, shown you that he is inviting you into this next year? So really looking at, okay, what has taken place this last year that where something has come forward, whether it be from a message that we've spoken on here, whether it be something you went through, whether it's your own personal devotions, whatever it could be, where he's inviting you into that to go to a greater extent this next year. For it to not just stay a neat idea, for it to not just stay a little note you wrote in the margins of your Bible, for it not just to stay something that you highlighted or something that you posted or whatever, but for it to actually become something where you're saying, I'm taking this in. God is inviting me into something new this next year, so I'm taking it with me. Here's the good one. This one's always fun. Is, and I believe grammatically this should make sense to all of you, is what is God telling you to leave behind? What is it that we've learned where God is saying, you know, the, the, that wasn't just for you to have head knowledge. It wasn't just for you to be like, oh, that's a great point, interesting. But it was actually for us to allow it to come and to change the way we act, the way we think, and to leave it behind that as we go into something new, um, it, it, it's not something that we're pulling along with us. Now, when we look at year in review, uh, 
you guys know this. There is nothing different from today than tomorrow other than we put a 24 after the 20 instead of a 23, okay? It, it doesn't really shift anything. You're just gonna get up tomorrow, most likely, hopefully, the way you got up today. Unless you went up for prayer, then we're believing that you're gonna wake up totally different, okay? But, so it, but it, it's a natural rhythm, and so it's not saying that there's something so spiritual about it. God is not contained to our calendar, to our years. This isn't about New Year's resolutions or those types of things, but it is saying that we naturally look at things slightly different. And so how can we work with one of those natural rhythms, reflect back on this past year, and say, God, what have you shown me? I don't want to take it for granted. What is it you want to do different in me? And then look forward into the next, believing that there's something specific God wants to do. And also to remember that everything that happened to us this last year, whether good, how many had something good happen? Whether bad, who went through something that you wish you didn't have to go through this last year? Regardless, here's something we need to know, that God wants to build off of that in our life as we go into this next. It's not something we a lot of times want to leave it and say, I don't want to deal with that again. I hope I never have to think about that again. The fact is God wants to build off of it. He wants to work through those very things to build into something new for each one of us. Okay, I'm going to read again. Mark 12, 29, Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. Okay, it's declaring there's no one else. There's nothing else that should take supremacy over him. He is the only Lord God. You must love the Lord with all your heart. That, that, that means we give him all of it, Everything. We don't hold a little back for someone else or something else. With all our soul, with all our mind, and all our strength. The second is equally as important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. All right, so let's go through some of our series. So we started with um, really breaking down his kingdom, his will. So we went through some on what is his kingdom and what is his will and really looking at that and a lot of the emphasis was on you and me having to take off our crowns, whether we think we have a big kingdom or we think we have a really small kingdom, whether you think your crown is massive, whether you think your crown is small, the fact is each one of us have our own kingdoms. The kingdom of Pete. It's beautiful. There's redwoods everywhere, there's granite, there's a lot of marble, it's a beautiful place. A lot of Ford F-150s, 1978s, some Scout 2s from the 70s, a couple Nor Norman Rockwell paintings, 90s country mixed in with a tad bit of early Beatles and every other sentimental song that there is. But you know, each one of us have our kingdom and what we gotta do is uh, we have to take off our crowns for our kingdom. We can't, I can't wear my crown 
and walk up and say that I'm honoring Jesus in his kingdom. If I'm really going to honor it, I have to take off my crown because what I'm saying is I'm under you. You are the only king. I'm going to, it doesn't mean I'm worthless, but it means that I'm going to know that my identity is I'm your son. I'm your child. But the identity isn't in me claiming my kingdom, but I want his will to be done. I want his kingdom. So we set that aside. We went through foot washing. We didn't, if you weren't here that time of year, we didn't just like all go around washing each other's feet. It was, it was a series. And it was talking about Jesus washing his disciples' feet. But Jesus had a radical surrender. Anybody here grossed out by feet? Are you serious? I can't believe that. There was a radical surrender that Jesus had where he went and he washed his disciples' feet. He went and did the lowliest thing he possibly could to surrender and to serve them. And he's calling us to the same thing. We talked about the Holy Spirit, did a series. It was, it was about slowing down to allow Holy Spirit to speak to us. We looked at the disciples in the, in the life of Jesus towards the end and when after he was crucified and, and he, he, he rose again and he came and he appeared to them and he gave them a thing saying, listen, I'm gonna leave again, but don't worry because this time when I go, I'm gonna leave with you a gift. It's gonna be your advocate. It's gonna be your comforter. It is the Holy Spirit. But I want you to wait here Wait here until the Holy Spirit comes upon you so that you, when you go from here, you go with power, power from on high. You go with my power in you. And he said, wait. And that applies, that's not just a story of the disciples and what they were supposed to do. It applies to you and I for us to wait on the Holy Spirit. If you're like me, I've gotten what I felt were my marching orders and I got the, the what I need to do and I started running off with slowing down and saying, God, how would you like me to do that? Maybe, Lord, when would you like me to do that? God, uh, can you, like getting some of those things but instead I got the what and I just stormed off and then I think, and I don't understand why people aren't receiving me. I mean, I got the word of the Lord. It was clear. He told me what I was supposed to say, but I didn't ask him how I was supposed to say it. I'm not, I didn't ask him when I was supposed to say it. So we slow down because he wants to come and put power on you and I so that we can go into our neighborhoods, our workplaces, our schools, our families, our friend groups. Wherever we go, we carry his power, but we can't carry his power if we don't slow down and wait upon the Holy Spirit to fill us up. A lot of us have great intentions of wanting to be used by God, but we rush ahead. We do things in our own strength and we wonder why the outcome doesn't look the way we thought it would look or why it is that it just didn't seem like people received it. I'm not saying that if you always wait that that means then everybody's always loving what you say. Don't get me wrong. But there is something, there is a principle in waiting on the Holy Spirit. 
God was very, Jesus was very clear with his disciples to wait. Then what we did is we looked as what happened as the disciples waited and what happened once the power came upon them. And believing that what God did through the disciples in the early church in the beginning of Acts is exactly what he's wanting to do through you and I. That wasn't just something for a time long ago. It's something he's still wanting to do in us. That we would go out and confess our faith. We would tell our testimony, which is our story of what God did. And as we confess it with people and share it, that something, power from heaven comes and impacts them with the story. That we would believe that God wants to do the miraculous and we would step out and pray for people. Not because we believe we have the power in us, like something that we stir up, but because we believe that he is capable of it that we would be bold, that even when fame comes our way and people are like, you're amazing, you're, you're so great, that we would continue to give glory to God. But also that when persecution comes and they say, if you keep doing that, you're gonna be thrown into this jail. If you keep doing that, the story of Stephen, you're gonna be stoned to death. Oh, but what about the story of Stephen? The man who, as he's being stoned, you want to talk about unity and forgiveness. As he's being stoned, he's up there saying, Lord, love them. God, forgive them. Lord, don't, don't hold this against them. God, that they would come to know you more. What a beautiful thing if we walk like the disciples. We talked about kingdom versus culture. But that idea of kingdom versus culture isn't just me against everybody outside of this building. It's not even just us as a church community against everybody outside of this building. It's not even just Christian versus non-Christian. It's the kingdom of God versus our own thinking. It's the kingdom of God versus the way we tend to operate and saying how radically different it is when we follow the kingdom because we love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul, and with all of our strength. And we love each other well. And then we wanted to soften things down, so we went to the book of James. And he gave us a couple, just a couple little things, warning against prejudice. Not taking, not judging someone because of what they do or don't have. Not showing favoritism towards someone for what they do and don't have. It's a natural thing that's in us and we do it. But we have to fight against it. That faith without good deeds is dead. Our good deeds doesn't create our faith but the outworking of our faith is we begin to operate just like when we truly love God with all that we are we start to love one another controlling our tongue I don't know if you guys remember that one but we did talk about it I confess that I felt probably not a good idea to confess it again but I will 
that I felt uh, God told me to not cuss. And you're thinking you're the lead pastor, why are you cussing? Um, we can talk about that later if you want. Um, and I, I just want you to know I've been doing a really good job. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> thank you. But you know, we gotta control our tongue and it's not just, you know, we can think of it as slander. Well, I haven't been gossiping or I haven't been slandering. But it's also the attitude of our tongue. It's the tone of our words. And it's knowing, you know, it's the, they, they use the analogy of the rudder of a boat. And if you've ever looked at the, seen a boat come out of the water, even a big ship, the rudder is so small. But yet it is so powerful that it can move an entire thing. And our tongue is the same way. And we shift the course of our life with our confession. Not just what we say to other people, but even what we believe of our own words. Because there's nothing, there's not a more powerful sound for you than your own voice. And so we shift the course of our life off of our words. True wisdom comes from God and the power of prayer and being a people that believe in prayer and don't turn that off. So I wanna take a minute and just pause. And for us, just to, we're gonna be quiet. We're gonna be still. I know those things make you start fidgeting and scratching, which makes noises. But um, in just to ask Holy Spirit to show you, what is it that God, to, to bring back to remembrance, what is it that God showed you this year? What is it that he was doing in you? that he wants you to take into this next year with you? And what is it that he wanted to pull off of you and he wants you to let go of? He wants you to surrender it to him for you to walk in greater freedom. Let's just take a, a second and think about that. All right, we're gonna pray. Um, I know for myself, the two things that came to me this morning that I know I need to shed off is fear of the future and laziness. My laziness comes when I'm so exhausted with the fear of the future that I believe I deserve a break. And so then I take a, why are you laughing, Bob? <laughs> I take a, <laughs> I take a, I, I, I get lazy in that moment. And I know he wants me to shed that off. And with it, take up a confidence, not in myself, but a trust that he will never leave me nor forsake me. And that when I follow him, he gives me the strength because I'm not operating on my own so I don't run out of gas. And I know that's, that's my charge. I want us to pray this. Um, this is the Lord's Prayer. Jesus told his disciples how they should pray. I changed the words a little bit, <clears throat> only by changing the we's to I and making it personal. Will you pray this? Can we pray this all together? We'll just kind of read it together, but making it our cry of acknowledging our Father in heaven, acknowledging who he is, 
acknowledging that he is king, acknowledging that we want his plan to come to earth. We want it to invade our personal lives. We want it to invade everything around us. We want to find our sustenance. We want to find our strength. We want to find our resources in him. We all need forgiveness. But he says, if we want to be forgiven, we got to forgive others. We can't be a people that sit there and beg for him to come and forgive us of what we've done and we hold judgment on other people and say they're not worthy of forgiveness. We want strength to resist temptation that when it comes. I want strength this year that when fear of the future comes to my mind that I resist it, that I don't give into it, but that I stand strong and I resist it because I got my food from him that day and he was empowering me because I'm focusing on Lord, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. And I also wanna pray against the attack that would come against me or my family or our church. So will you pray this with me? My Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give me today the food I need and forgive me my sins as I have forgiven those who sin against me. And don't let me yield to temptation, but rescue me from the evil one. Amen. I want to encourage you guys, as we go into January um, on Church Center, there's some things we're going to be doing this next year. Our, our, our theme is going to be abide, that if we remain in him, he'll remain in us. I've already reached my quote on having you guys raise your hand, so I got mine tucked underneath my arm and the other one's holding the microphone. But I will say, if you're like me, I a lot of times pray for God to remain in me. I forget that he's always ready to remain in me. The question is, will I remain in him? I want him to come and impact my life. I want him to change things. I want him to intervene. But he asked me to do something, and that is remain in him. That's abiding. He is the vine. We are the branches. And so we want to abide with him. Because if we really want to see his kingdom come and his will be done, it's going to take us abiding. So we've learned we gotta take off our crowns, we gotta get off of our thrones. and We gotta declare that he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. But now he wants us to abide with him and to be with him. So there's some different things we're gonna be doing from a Bible reading plan. Instead of doing something that lasts the whole year, we're gonna do smaller segment ones that you know go two weeks or one week. Many of us, we start you know, reading plans and then we drop off of them and then we feel guilty and then we never start one again and we think next January will be my year. Next January. And it's like February 11th and it's like we've already given up. So we're gonna do smaller ones. If you got another pro reading pr plan, just stay on it, do it. We're, that's totally fine. We've always had Tuesday breakthrough prayer 
but we want to start fasting Monday after dinner up until dinner on Tuesday, and I want to invite you to join in fasting and believing for breakthrough as we contend for each other's prayer requests and as we also pray a releasing over what God wants to do in and through us as a church that we would fast. Now that might look different for different people. It might be food, it might be social media. I don't know what it would be. Maybe you're gonna fast your job. Hey, kids, you wanna fast school? Whatever God puts on your heart, do it. But let's set something apart and say, God, we wanna be serious about this. We, wanna, we really wanna see breakthrough and we wanna push through. For the month of January, every Tuesday, um, not this coming Tuesday, starting next Tuesday, we're gonna have breakthrough worship at 7 p.m. here, just a time of worship and just seeing what God wants to do through that. And then we're also gonna go through this little booklet the Soul Slowdown. It's a little 21 day, it's very easy. It's Jess Strickland wrote it. The, we did the starving book last year. And uh, as you can tell, this is way simpler and way smaller. Um, but it's a 20 way, 21 day journey of learning to find rest and delight through Sabbath. It's not about a formula of what Sabbath would look like. It's about just learning how to set aside time to find rest and delight with God. And so I'm believing that as we do that, we'll set the stage for you and I to abide, to remain in him. So that then as we go through things, we know he's in us and he's with us because we've been remaining in him. If uh, the ushers will come forward, we're gonna, we're gonna be passing out the elements of communion. And um, what we're gonna do is we're gonna pass them out and uh, if the praise team will come up as well. You know, communion, Jesus is what this is all about. And communion is the centerpiece. Because it's where we remember that we come together and we celebrate what God is doing. But we can only come together like this because of Jesus' sacrifice. What he did on the cross. And so we always want to take it, as he asked us to, in remembrance of that. It's not a formula. It's not something for us to check off the list of a, of a good service. But it's because we want to remember that it's all because of Jesus Christ. Because of his sacrifice. And that for you and I to control our tongue, for you and I to not have prejudice... For you and I to be able to wait for the power of Holy Spirit, we need Jesus in our life. The cracker represents his broken body. How was his body broken? Because he was accused of some wrongful things. But it was all part of the plan that he would die a sinner's death and take the penalty your and I's penalty, our selfishness, our sin, where we missed the mark and he would take it to the cross and he would pay the penalty instead of you and I. And so his body was broken in that way. It was beat, it was whipped, it was torn apart. The juice represents his shed blood. His blood left him, his life left him, his, his body bled out so that you and I could have new life come into us. And that's what we remember with it. And so if you're here, maybe you need to get right with Jesus. 
Maybe you've never surrendered your life to him. I want you to know this is one of the best opportunities to do it, is to write where you're at, say, Jesus, if you're real, I want you to reveal yourself to me. If you're real, help me. I, I, I want to surrender my own way. I want your kingdom to come. I wanna take off my crown. I want your will to be done in my life. I wanna live for you. Would you come and transform me today? What we're gonna do is um, here in a second, we're gonna stand if you're able and we're gonna get in groups of four to five and just go around and share what is it that God has shown you this is your first time in here, you can just make up something. No, don't truly make up something. But, but go off of something else from this year. But what is it that God has shown you that he's inviting you into this year? And what is it that he's telling you to leave behind? And then you're just gonna pray. You're just gonna pray a prayer of, Lord, will you help me? Will you, will, and you guys are gonna, and then you're gonna take the elements together. We're a family, and a lot of times this part can seem a little weird because you're standing around people that you don't know super well. That's perfect. If you know the people around you, I'd say get up and move somewhere else. But we, we rally around one another because we believe that God brought us all here today and that it's not an accident and that we can't do this on our own. And we don't just pick our friends that act like us, but God brings different people from different backgrounds around us because they represent him and we need them in our life. So will you stand to your feet if you're able? Will you get in a, uh, just in a, a smaller group and just begin to share what is it that you believe God is asking you to take and what is it that he's asking you to drop off? Pray with one another and then you take the elements together.